Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. Very special episode number 70 by Kyle Beats and J Mac. How's it going, guys? What's, What's up? up? Dude, glad to be on, man. I feel like uh feel like I'm getting put put to uh put to use now that the NBA world is on pause. I really uh don't know what to do with myself. So I appreciate you uh letting me come on for a few minutes and chop it up with you guys. Yeah, same man. Uh, we were talking about it and well originally at the, so Carl's obviously out and we were you guys were just tired. It's it's been a weird couple of days. Like I mean, I, I think that's kind of an understatement at this point. But we decided that we were going to take over the show, give you guys a week off. Kyle and I were, and then Brandon, you ended up being available. So worked out great for all of us to be able to get together and chat for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, man. So what's been going on with you guys so far this uh, over this uh, intense period of time, dude? I've so I've been working from home, like I think a good population of America is, and. I'm actually not a fan of work from home. I guess that's maybe a hot take, but after a while, I kind of started to go a little stir crazy. Um, I'm probably a little more hyperactive than, than others, but dude, just like, you know, four or five days in, in front of my computer at home and not leaving the house has made me feel just absolutely. I've never thought I would desire to be in the office. It's really a, a twisted thing because I want to be back in the office now. See, I'm going to take the other side of that because I've been home for almost just just under two weeks now, and I've left the house. No, no, I'm sorry, just one week, and I've left the house exactly once, and I haven't really <laughs> thought anything of it, and it hasn't bothered me one bit because I kind of will work in one place and then go do other things and just try to stay as disciplined as I can to it and, you know. Where was your one trip to? You've only left us one time. Where are you go? Where and where also to follow that up? How, what's the you know delivery method for groceries? Yeah, you stocked so, up. Very good question. So we did stock up probably about a week ago, okay. but we are getting barren on the groceries, and we have we use Tom Thumb's delivery service where they or not delivery service, but they're like uh, online order service where they put everything together and you can just go pick it up. So we put everything together and they basically just put it all together and you just go to the store and pick it up. I don't feel like you can shop at Tom Thumb unless you're in like the top marginal tax bracket. Is that a true story? <laughs> Dude, I feel like it's pretty that what was the delivery service? They definitely be taxing you a little bit at Tom Thumb. Oh, I don't know. We're not using the delivery service. I'm okay. saying it's just the the service that like at the store that puts it together. Got you. Yeah. Um wh- where do you think my one trip out was? Walmart. I'm just kidding. I went to Walmart, and that's basically like a post-apocalyptic world right now. 
You, you have a guess? Uh, I'm going to guess that you went to Target. Mm. Both very good close guesses, but it Kyle was closer, I would say, only because of the actual association of these two places. McDonald's? No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into McDonald's in a minute. No, um, Sam's Club. Okay. And I have never seen a Sam's Club in this condition before. So uh, you guys have both been in one of these Sam's Club where uh, Costco type places, obviously. Right. right? I mean, yep. you already got the clientele of people that is hoarding things. You just in, in everyday life. Absolutely. We buy like five things there. We buy like cat litter, cat food, you know, trash bags and like toilet paper and Kleenex. You know, like things that you're going to go through over some time. And I went in there. And so, like, first of all, like, I didn't, this is my, like, probably fifth day at home. And I didn't really know what to expect. I hadn't really seen, like, natural light in a couple of days. You know, it, I was kind of kind of out, out of sorts. And, you know, I was out driving in the actual open free world as opposed to, you know, the walls of my home. And kind of felt weird and liberating at the same time. You know, kind of like wearing a, you know, a European bathing suit, that <laughs> situation. And <laughs> I was... <laughs> I got to Sam's and so I was like, okay, so the way I'm going to treat this is like, well, I'm, I'm going to see how the parking lot looks and then we'll kind of go from there. Cause if it's absolute hysteria, I'm, I'm out of there. Like I'm not dealing with all that. Right. And we've all seen the videos of people just going absolutely apeshit crazy. And so I just knew that's how I was going to kind of treat that or whatever. And so I took like wipes with me, like, you know, like a thing of Clorox wipes and just kind of like wipe my hands down and stuff, went in there, got a cart. They were handing out wipes there to, you know, like sanitary wipes and everything. And there was a wide range of people that had either like kind of like I did where they weren't really too worried about it, but they kind of used the um, like I just kind of put the the I don't know, the sanitary cloth things, you know, like the Clorox wipes underneath my hands, yep. you know, and just kind of held on to it. So it wasn't like, you know, and I'd wiped it all down and everything, but still. And then I saw there were people wearing gloves. There were people that weren't and everybody was kind of looking at each other like, do you think do you think that guy has it? Like, yeah, that's the funniest part about all this. Even on like a walk in my neighborhood, I'm getting eye contact. Like, you good, bro? Like, what? The, yeah. Don't don't get too close to me. Like, there's definitely some uh, some tension between folks. Right, and so it's funny because whenever the the hardest part for me about living in Texas is that whenever the out the days go from like they start at like 40 degrees in the morning and they end at like 80 in the afternoon, my allergies just go insane. Yeah, same and here. I, yeah, oh, Brandon, I know you You and I have dealt with that for years. Like, yep. We've always talked about that. And I have just been sneezing and coughing and going on. I sound like I've got the Rona, but like I don't. Like it's just my allergies. And I coughed into my arm exactly once inside of that Sam's Club. And you should have seen the looks on the faces of the people that were just staring at me like, holy shit, that guy, that guy's going to kill me for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I I fall in that camp. I'm sorry if you if you no, cough, if you cough near me, I, yeah. I might not even look at you a dirty way. I'm just getting as far away from you as possible. Like I don't care if I'm I'm not worried about being polite or anything. But I'm also really trying to avoid public as much as possible. My my runs have been mostly fast food oriented, for sure. Brandon, where are you at on this? Yeah, I'm exactly the same. But it seems like it. For a lot of people, of course, that are tuned into the media and whatever, uh, there's just a lot of panic that's on every channel. So you see, you know, 
visions of doctors and it looks like the the doctors out of et like experimenting and it's like what the fuck and then people running around like jacking off you know other toilet paper people you know and <laughs> maybe jacking up is probably the correct term but yeah, uh go. yeah it's a friday whatever so oh yeah yeah but it feels like the clouds have parted for those of us that don't fall into the trap of panic and uh like we would be the ones that would be the ideal candidates for the government to tell us what exactly is in area 51 that aliens exist we'd be like okay makes sense and then the right. rest of the public would lose their minds so it feels like to us the clouds have parted because we're like oh this is nice i can drive down the road and not have to deal with you know jackasses in front of me going 10 or 15 miles below the speed limit and i can get through you know other things really quickly and and now on top of that i can order alcohol directly to my door <laughs> what an unbelievable shift in policy right the roads being cleared is is an underrated part of all of this to be honest but it is. i I, I agree that we probably need to I – mean, we talked about this a little bit on, on the break. we got to fall somewhere in the middle of being just like – it's just pure, you know, alertist, just absolute sheer panic to not giving a shit. And we've seen these videos of kids on, on uh, Miami Beach for spring break, and it's like, let's just be somewhere in between that, and we'll probably be good. Yeah. Yeah. Just just don't be a fucking moron It's really yeah. what it comes down to. And, like, the thing is – so, like – I go into Sam's, right? And so, and so like, I, I've been in here this whole time. I, bring so it I'm, back here. Bring I'm going to bring it back here for just a second because it's important uh, to illustrate the panic. Of course, so, okay, I want to break down. I, w I want you guys to take some guesses of what you guys think were just absolutely pilfered in Sam's and what do you think might have been something that you wouldn't think would have been, or, you know, like, I'd say, what do you think was pilfered? What do you think wasn't? I mean, obviously, like, toilet paper's out. Paper towels are out. Lysol wipes are out. I'm guessing there's been a lot of meat and rice where I'm at bread. Nothing. Not a damn thing. You have to, like, time the shipments. Yeah, you do. Right. Brandon, anything else to add to that list? Uh, other than that, not really. I mean, it's weird because you'll go into – I'll go into, like, the local Tom Thumb around the corner for me. And yeah, I mean, the, the typical is all out. Maybe I still will find a, a lot of cans of chili for some reason, but people <laughs> buy up all the Campbell's soup, you know? So there, there's still options there. It's not like it's, you know, we're preparing for World War Three here or whatever. But, you know, you walk over the beer section and alcohol. Yeah, they're plenty filled up. Oh, yeah. In fairness, Campbell's over chili with the to toilet paper shortage does check out. Yeah. And to be fair, I will say that the beer industry's uh, ability to adjust over any other industry period in the in the industry that prepares for this kind of situation more than anything else by every year having, you know, the monopoly over Fourth of July and every other damn holiday there is, I feel like the beer companies are going to be well prepared for something like this. Yeah, I mean, demand is going to plateau or grow. At, at, like, plateau is the bottom of the that's the floor like people are going to be in their homes more they're going to be drinking if they can't socially drink they're just going to drink in their homes yeah and if they can't go out or or if they do go out uh, a lot of breweries i know of are still doing like curbside service so you show up outside right. of a brewery and okay what do you want okay we'll bring a reg out right out to you so so you guys hit on pretty much everything that was just absolutely destroyed so you had all the paper products, period. Like, everything paper, gone. Yep. And you ha they had cases of water, though, and a ton of them. 
Mm-hmm. And people were taking like two cases at a time or whatever. I grabbed a case. I didn't even think, really think I needed it, but it's always good to have a case of water. I and grabbed it, a case of water and I never buy a bottle of water, but I just did it for some reason. And I was like, God dang, why yeah, did I do I that? Take it. Yeah, like, get this out of my tap. Anyway, <laughs> I, so that was that was well uh, you know, stocked or whatever. There was not a single piece of meat. Other, Well, there was probably, I would say, nine-tenths of the meat was all taken. So there was still some. I managed to get five pounds of hamburger meat. Now just I just froze it because I'll I'll eat it at some point. Right. And so like I feel like I'm kind of contributing to the panic a little bit here, but you know not also not really. Eh. You know I didn't go get seventeen things of toilet paper. True. I didn't get any toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, you're just gonna do the old shower method. Yeah, dude. Every time <laughs> go out with the water hose, be like, hey, hey neighbor, hey, you see that? Yeah. <laughs> Josh is of the opinion that this needs to be more of a bidet country yeah. way. Josh just likes that the Oklahomian bidet situation, which I'm I'm skeptical of. Why is that an Oklahoma thing? Is that is that? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm oh. giving him a hard time because I'm, I, I assume they just use you know fire hydrants with sewage water. <laughs> that godforsaken place. No offense, to our Oklahoma listeners. They filter it with uh, like a <laughs> piece of cloth and put some sand in it and just let it like drip down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so yeah, all that, like, so the meat was pretty well picked over, but everything else was in pretty good shape. Like the liquor was in, or the, uh, like wine and all that was in really good shape. Uh, beer seemed fine. I grabbed, you know, a little bit of beer. Um, I did see that there was a surplus of adult diapers. Mm, okay. And I was surprised to see that. Like it was, uh, you know how they usually have everything kind of neatly stacked. It was kind of like, uh, it was like the shelf. And then there was ones like out on the floor, you know, stacked up in front of it. Like Maybe they feel like the people that are going to need those aren't going to be, you know, aren't going to be using them in the near future, potentially. Good point. Also a, se- also a pretty good, you know, s- secondary option to toilet paper. Yes, indeed. That's <laughs> what mean, we're heading for. As long as you have your beer, you're good. But see, the thing is, like, I, I could put myself in that situation where, you know, like, maybe we're sitting around. I mean, this time of the year is usually Final Four. So maybe we're, you know, sitting around you know, wanting to watch college basketball all day. And, you know, sometimes it just requires a diaper and it just, you know, I get it. That's probably just what they were planning for is the final four in adult diapers, but apparently not. So, you know, it's not happening, man. So there's one thing that's coming out of all this, that's kind of impacting when it comes to, you know, cinema, of course, everybody's at home. So everybody's watching stuff. So those companies are definitely benefiting as well as delivery services. But the one thing that has kind of come out in the news over the last week is, you know, a lot of things are shutting down, including cinemas. I know AMC and Cinemark have closed all their cinemas for the time being. Um, and so with all that on pause, all these major movies that were coming out at that time and, um, you know, that is now being released and, and available uh, to everybody, a video on demand. So with VOD, it's supposed to be charged a little bit more to watch it. But the benefit is you can watch it now as opposed to having to wait until, you know, it's you know, hopefully to be back out in theaters. And, you know, we also have these major movies like the the latest Bond film that's been pushed back to November. So I think a lot of the other ones that cost these studios a lot of money are being pushed back. But the other, you know, smaller ones like the Vin Diesel movie, you know, Bloodshot, you know, <laughs> uh, you can you can have the, the joy of yeah. watching that at home and be like, eh, glad I didn't have to sit through someone, you know, checking their text messages in front of me uh, in a theater and, you know, paying for you know, food and all that stuff. So what are you guys' thoughts on video on demand versus seeing stuff in a theater? 
I unequivocally think that everything Vin Diesel related should be released straight to Diesel <laughs> on demand, and that's just a thing. That's a fact. It's a hot take. Yep. Anyway, he, Kyle, go ahead. He he should be honestly. He's more of a Netflix originals type of quality actor, but I mean, man, man keeps getting paid. You know, can't can't blame him there. It's just like an athlete that we don't understand why he keeps getting paid. He keeps doing it. Um, video on demand. I think that that has to be the angle for uh, for Hollywood to go while you don't have certainty about how this is going to play out i obviously like consuming things more in the theater especially when like like specifically like a bond film right like that's going to have more impact when it's in a theater um i'll be interested to see what the price point will be on the video on demand because i think you have to be careful with that where it's low enough to get people and families to pay for it but when people are you know out if if, you know you're somebody's in the service industry and they're out of the job are they going to pay 8.99 for a movie you know maybe not so it's going to be interesting how it plays out so it's an absolutely mandatory strategy, I think, but I'm not a fan of it. I can watch some, I'll probably look at more comedies and things of that nature, um, which you can enjoy in the comfort of your home and still have a great experience. Yeah. I'm with you on that with comedies because a lot of those aren't like really like that big of an event to want to go see in theaters, but stuff like a, you know, like Christopher Nolan, like tenant, you know, I want to see that in theater or like if it's Absolutely. a world war, whatever movie one or two, I want to see that. Like if it's a war movie or even bond. Yeah. It's, it's like a major event. So I definitely wouldn't want to watch it at home. I mean, maybe if I had like a real expensive theater room or something that I'd set up maybe, but even then it's just kind of like, I would rather go see, like if it's filmed in IMAX, I want to go see it on the IMAX screen and, and see like yeah. the accurate representation and have my mind blown. But right. Yeah. I'm with you, dude, like 100%. But I will say, so let me ask you this. How, and I guess this would be somewhat of a sliding scale. How, like, long would you wait? How long is it? Because it's one of those things where it's like, I have to sit here and wait for this movie to come out forever, or I get to watch it at home. And I know that's a sliding scale depending on, like, a Christopher Nolan movie versus, like you guys were saying, like a comedy movie. What like how long do you have to wait before you're like okay I just would rather have this on demand I mean what you know what's your patience level like on that hmm. I'm extreme I'm extremely patient I mean I'm not a savvy I don't think film you know film critic uh, by any means is you know you and I went in our depths Justin about our favorite movies in the 2010s um, that being said though if I really want to see something in theater I'm happy to wait for it I mean there's so much content out there. Right now, I mean, I can find other things to, I think, fill up my time. But as we start moving forward in this current situation, we'll see because I've just caught my myself watching some strange things recently. I want to hear more about that. But yeah, no, I think I think the price point thing is a good idea, or, or is a good good point. Is what's that, the right number? Exactly, because there is like because that's the first thing that my mind went to while we were talking about that was that like you pay like two ninety nine now to rent a movie whenever it comes out versus it's usually 10, 12 99, depending on the movie. Mm-hmm. And so like, where does this price point fall? Cause it's not like you get, I mean, it's the equivalent of just renting it, but you want to charge a little bit more cause you're not having the theatrical release that you're, you're missing out on all that. So I don't really know where that but you might have a theatrical re-release potentially on some of them. So it's like, it's, it's tough. You got to like Brandon alluded to it earlier. It's the lower budget and medium sized budget films that are going to do this. So you really just got to see what you paid for the film to see, you know, is this really going to be worth it? like bloodshot's probably going to do pretty well. I mean, like that, I think people are going to pay for that. I've already paid. I wrote this down. I've paid five ninety nine for three different films in the last four days. 
Yeah. And one thing to consider, I, I didn't even think about till now is kind of like, say, you know, you're a, a parent and you have a bunch of teenage, you know, teenage uh, kids that you're bringing your, your children. And, you know, that right there, going to theater, you're already spending like upwards of what, 60 bucks, something like that at with least, popcorn yeah. and yeah, at least. And because uh, if you're seeing on a bigger screen, it's even more money. So versus video on demand and say it's uh, 20 bucks. You know, that right there, it's like, oh, we can all watch it. I'm saving money, and it's right there on my nice 4K, you know? That's a really good point. I think 20 would be high, but, I mean, I, to your, I get your point. I think that makes a lot of sense. I'll, I'll be interested to see what that price point is, and are they going to have a variance depending on maybe the anticipation of that film? You know, is there going to be a price difference there? That would be interesting to see. But um, I've rented – I paid five ninety nine for 24-hour rentals on – Knives Out, Queen and Slim, and Twenty One Bridges already in this yeah. quarantine. Pretty good. Yep. If you're going to shell out, you know, almost thirty bucks, then you know you've got some at least some good movies there that you're watching. Yeah, Queen and Slim is definitely a, a a good film to watch if you haven't. Yeah. Yeah, I need to check that out. Um, what What are some other movies you've seen recently, Kyle? Yeah, so aside from those three, which I enjoyed all three, would highly recommend. Queen and Slim was definitely the best of those. Um, I watched Contagion, which has had this huge like re- rewatch surge on social media because of ob- obviously the uh, the pandemic going on here. I think it's like a ten year old film though, or at least like yeah, at least seven uh, or eight maybe. Jude Law was in that one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's Jude Law, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, Matt Damon, and it's ba- it's eerily similar obviously uh, much more much more dramatic and uh, at this point you know much more deadly but it's you know a, a foreign disease from an asian country it's a very similar situation um there's four or five other movies of this nature not with those size of stars but of of this nature of this pandemic that when you go to like amazon prime or netflix they're like featured on there and it's like this is fucking hilarious this yeah. is just you know the push the pandering at its best really it really and it drives me crazy but i i'm almost kind of like eh, let me see that's what i did with contagion and i actually enjoyed it yeah it's a good movie it is it's it brandon and i've been having this exact same conversation except about the movie idiocracy and <laughs> such a great film though honestly it really is it really is i don't who's the best character in that i really like Dak Dak shepherd's character in that a lot yeah, I would say Dak Shepard's definitely the the strongest character. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Justin? He just plays it so well. It's hard to like get past how moronic he <laughs> ma- ma- like manages to to come off, and just how like lazy ass fuck he is. It's just incredible. So he's just playing himself. No, I'm just kidding. He's he's super talented. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The wa- the farming with Gatorade is incredible. Like the watering with Gatorade. Or Mountain Dew or whatever it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, "Oh yeah, well we we use a uh, you know Gatorade because uh, it's got electrolytes. It's good for the right. You know, they crave it. They crave the electrolytes. <laughs> it, it's it's a really it's a frightening look at how everything feels right now. It really is. Mm-hmm. One thing yeah. I can't I I don't think this can be overstated enough is if we are going to be in, say a thirty or sixty day type of quarantine situation with limited, I don't say no, but limited contact. If you're watching a lot of movies and shows, I think it's important to balance it with like, you know, good feeling movies every once in a while. Cause I watched raging bull the other day. Oh yeah. Uh, 
arguably the best De Niro movie. I mean, that that's a I could convince myself of like four different five different films there, but mm-hmm. great movie. Whole, I mean, it holds up good as far as quality, as far as uh, content. It's definitely not not twenty twenty PC by any means, but um, great film. But you know, after you watch that, you're just like Jesus Christ. I need something to <laughs> at, least, at least bounce me back a little bit. I watched uh, I watched Goodwill Hunting after that, which I've seen probably you know two dozen times. But great film. Just yeah. kind of a feel good to bounce back the other direction. Yeah, you got to. You got to. Brandon, what have you been watching? Well, I finally got around to watching uh, 1917, which I definitely should have saw in theaters. And uh, yes. that was excellent. Uh, I just I loved everything about it and how it was shot was impressive as hell. You know, Roger Deakins, of course, uh, and then Sam Mendes directing. And yeah, it, it was really good. I can really see why a lot of people said it was the, the best movie of last year. But, you know, I really did like Knives Out. And I mean, we had over these last few years, we've had some very strong movies and, and films. And I think with, uh, you know, the demand of great TV as well, I mean, that's just only increasing. So, you know, while we're going through this time, there's just, there's so many shows that I have to catch up on and thank God Westworld came back and which season three looks pretty amazing so far. I want to hear, I've been waiting on that one to see what you guys take is going to be before I dive into it. Okay. I'm intrigued because of the cast and the star power that it's added, but it kind of lost me after the first season. I just, and not for any real reason, I just never really went back to it. Yeah, well, I will say that season three is now, you know, season one and two were kind of, I felt like they were conjoined chapters. This is now going into like another book. Okay, got it. Yeah, because it's now taking place in the future or present day, as you would call it, you know, 20, what was it? 2057 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm waiting for you guys to review it before I, I really dive in, but I think it's something I'm leaning towards doing. Gotcha. I'll so, listen to that review. Cause I'm behind on that. I did want to ask you real quick, Brennan, cause I thought 1917 was fantastic and I saw it in theater and I was in like row B, which I was pissed about cause I got my tickets <laughs> late and it was still incredible. Like even with a neck ache, it was incredible, but did you you saw Parasite or? That's uh, I haven't got around to it yet, and okay. this is probably the perfect time to do that. Yeah, I would be interested to see because I thought Parasite, nineteen seventeen, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood all had an argument for for the best film uh, or for the Oscar of twenty nineteen. But I think Parasite was actually probably the the correct choice. So I'll be interested to see what you think. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll definitely uh, check that out and let you know, but. Uh, it's funny you said you were in row B because uh, that's pretty much the same row that me, uh, Mountain Carl, and his girlfriend were in when we saw Knives Out, and we were just like we were just stretched all the way back at like yep. a Alamo Draft House. But once the movie started, we totally forgot all about it, and we we just were enthralled by the film. Like Knives Out to me was definitely one of the one of the uh, uh, probably one of the more surprising gems of last year. Agreed. For sure. So something I've been watching that I think you guys, I think you guys said before show you haven't been on yet is have you seen this documentary on Netflix called McMillions? No, no. So for those that aren't familiar, McDonald's has their monopoly. Oh yes. Yes. You did tell me about this. Yeah. Their monopoly uh, thing every year. Well, in like the late nineties, it was rigged by a couple of guys and he was given or yeah, basically by one guy, but he was, you know, handing out these tickets and all these people were quote unquote winners. And it was about this whole documentary about 
how all that went down. It is unbelievable. It will never make you want to play one of those Monopoly games again. I'll tell you that much. Okay, I'm going to check that out. I'm pretty big on stuff like that, so I'm going to have to make make some time for that. It's a, Is it a, like an eight-part series, or is it just like an hour-and-a-half film? Six. Okay. Real easy. Yeah, it's like, it's an hour each. So it's the, – there. okay, so a couple of things. Number one, there are a couple of characters on there that you will hate. And But it's a document, and we say characters, it's a – yeah, well, most of these people are on it. Okay. They were involved. and there's, It's not like a docudrama, though. No. Okay. No, no, no. Gotcha. But there's a, a detective on there specifically, and you will hate this guy, both of you. <laughs> and he's meant, he's just one of those guys. This guy is the, the dude in high school that wanted to be cool. Oh, yeah. And, but then wasn't really ever that funny. And he thought he was funny, you know, kind of thing, but he's never really funny. And then he decides to go be a cop. And then he's just the same, not funny dude with a badge now. And kind of a, you know, probably like that guy in uh, class, that story you told me about Justin <laughs> back in high God. school. We'll have to get back to that later. Yeah. Cause I, I don't remember what that is. That was on we'll, one of our other episodes. Oh, I'm sure it was, but uh, you'll have to refresh my memory. But, um, yeah, it's it just it's one of those things where there's just he's just one of those guys that you just you hate this guy. You're going to hate him. And there's another situation in it where this guy's sitting there with his wife and this wife is terrified of this guy. <laughs> I mean, you just have to see it. I don't really know how to describe it other than I can't recommend it strongly enough. I mean, it's kind of you got to be pretty twisted to rig that game. It's an unbelievable story, dude. It went all the way wait. to the top. It went all the way to the top, dude. I've been I've been rerunning uh, Curb over again oh, just yeah. from the beginning, and I'm trying to get my fiance on it. Who, like, she has a good sense of humor. She likes Parks and Rec. She likes, but she also likes like Seinfeld. So I know she likes that type of drier humor, but she's just not on board with Curb. And it got me to thinking, and I told her this. I was like, no female I've ever known, and this led to a conversation I didn't want to have. But I said, no female <laughs> I've ever known or, or dated is ever like curb your enthusiasm it's crazy you 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 opened your up a can of worms right there Kyle yeah I tried That's to a, I tried to focus on yeah. the original point yet next time we, you're about we, to do that just imagine like Justin and I going no right right <laughs> yeah so let me ask you this did you so did you try to start watching it with her from the very beginning yes okay that might kind of be the issue here because of how the first few seasons are, just like any other show, it's a little right. slow. It's got to get going. But like that's how she was with The Office too. But we got through it. Yeah. Right. By the time you get to like season three, and he's carrying around handicapped people, <laughs> I mean, you're gonna be on your fucking floor, dude. I'm right. <laughs> so it really heats up. Like it starts. It finds its magic quickly. But Seinfeld did the exact same thing, where it started out a certain way, and then. Mm-hmm. It found its footing really quickly, and by season three, you had absolute gold. And that's, I think that's pretty common with a lot of shows, but especially in Curb, you may get her to watch a few later episodes and then go back to going all the way through it. And are they running new episodes now, too? Yes. Okay. And this season's been unbelievable. I don't have HBO anymore. I need to get on it. That's, if, if anything, for that. This season has been unbelievable. He, okay. The whole season's centered around him opening a spite store is what he calls it <laughs> so it's unbelievable I mean, it's been a it's been quite a hiatus so i'm big expectations yeah no you'll the, i thought the last season was a little bit forced the one the kind of after they had come back from the long ass break 
Right, right. That was a little bit forced, but this season's been better for sure. So that brings up a a question I have for you two guys, because I'm single, but you guys aren't. So, uh, because Carl brought up a a good point, and we've had a few, like, movie watch uh, reviews and, and stuff like that over at his place and and so his girlfriend will try to stay up and watch it of course they both get up at like 5 a.m every day so by the time i'm over and we finally pick a movie it's like 8 p.m and then next thing i know like we'll be watching something and if it's really entertaining she's she's going with it and she's having fun and then if we're watching something that's anything to do with sci-fi i look over at carl and he's just looking at her shaking shaking his head and she's passed out so make it what are some movie genres or types of movies that you know that your significant other is, is not going to be about? Well, this is a tricky question because, like, I could say something obvious like rom-com, but then I'm going to be worried about your mental health if you're doing that too often. So, you know, there, there, has, to be, there has to be a balance there. Um, I, I honestly think documentary is an interesting way to go a lot of the time if you can find a subject you're both interested in. Um, I'm a big horror film fan. Mm. You know, that's going to be a, an obvious hit or miss. I think you can probably get a good feel for that um, with your significant other. But those two generally are the best for me because sci-fi is a no-go, right? Yeah. Action adventure is probably a no-go unless it's like some, like if, if it's like a Ryan Reynolds movie or something sure. where it's not maybe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like Chris Hemsworth, you know. Exactly. Abs exactly. And, yeah. So I... I've known so Brandon's known Claire a long time. So this this is probably something that you learn more over time of just knowing somebody. So I don't know if you necessarily know this about her, Kyle, but she's an incredibly jumpy person. She's very like uh, it's just easy. You know, she's just so we out on horror films, out on horror films, and really out on pretty much anything scary. Like I had to go see it with my mom. I mean, it was like borderline. Like it's like that's like a suspense. I know, but I guess it's a horror movie. I she wouldn't even Claire wouldn't have driven me to the theater, like <laughs> too, that, close, too close. Yeah, dude, that's how like out she would be because she'd pull up next to a drain and then you know drive off while I'm trying to get out of the car or something. You know, anyway, it, so like anything scary for the most part, she's pretty much out on. So that makes okay. it kind of tough, right? Like it really does. And she's more of a comedy movie person, so I mean, we we kind of you know. We kind of go that direction with it typically. Just find something pretty funny to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And you could go with like a Seth Rogen style comedy where it's not like a rom com, but it's something you can both enjoy. For sure. I'll dive into, you know, like a, I don't know, a bad mom's movie or something like that every now and then. Because, I mean, Amy Poehler's funny, whatever. Tina Fey's funny, you know, that kind of thing. But maybe not my normal cup of tea. But yeah, no, anything scary, anything like that, she is out on. What it, what would your girlfriend be, or fiance, excuse me, Kyle, what would she just be out on completely? I would say, I hate to say it, but anything that's like sports-related documentaries, she cannot stand. <laughs> and she likes watching basketball. At least she tells me that, and I, and I want to believe it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's out, on, she's out on sports documentaries. Um, also out on incredibly long films. Because, like, I... Big, arguably the biggest road bump in our relationship was when she just was boycotting Braveheart because it was too long and it was a big, it was a big deal. But yeah, she's just out. If it's like two hours and like twenty five minutes, like it's got to be under. Honestly, though, I don't hate that take. And Brandon and I've had this discussion many a times. And Kyle, you and I have had this discussion about music specifically. But like, yes. 
Like any album that's like 25 tracks that's not less than an hour, I'm out on completely. Because <laughs> it's usually not good all the way through, but if the movie is good all the way through, that's the key. Exactly, and there's very few movies that are like that. Titanic? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Had to go there. It's ruined, no. ruined my argument. <laughs> no, no, but like you're right, though, because it's got to be the right movie because I'll, I'll sit through you know, any of the, like a Rocky movie or anything like that, any day of the week, The Godfather, any of those, any day of the week, no problem. Breeze right through two hours. But anything other than that, I'm, that's, that's Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Snoozer for all of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm out on that. It's just too much. It's too much. Or I'll break it up into two parts. I've gotten good at that. Mm. That's tough. That's tough. I, it's really yeah. tough. It's, but if it's a movie that you know, it's like like when you sit down to watch Braveheart, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm sitting around to watch Braveheart. Like, right. You know, but it's more like if you know it's like a movie that you might be kind of in, kind of out on, break that thing up, man. Come on. What are we talking about? Yeah, the, the, the trick to that, though, is uh, if you're going to break it up, you have to follow up pretty quickly. Otherwise... You know, you get busy, and next thing you know, it turns into a month, and it was like, what the hell happened again? Well, it turns into what happens to every Netflix show I watch with my girlfriend that I'm 75% invested in, where you binge watch a season, and you come back to season two, you're like, wait, who the fuck's this character? What's going on here? And it's like, I don't like that. I don't like the disconnect. I like the the continuity. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you there. And, and that's the other struggle of – you know, you're laying there in bed together or whatever. You're trying to find something on TV uh, or, or trying to find something to watch. And it takes like that process alone is uh, aggravating. I mean, it's aggravating just for your yourself trying to figure out something. But uh, when it's when you have to know, like, OK, I really want to watch this, but I know she's not going to be into it. I mean, it, it could take up to an hour. Right. It can, but I have a high risk tolerance for that. Like I'm willing to just pull, just roll the dice on something, and she is incredibly selective. So that's that's also a challenge. That's definitely a challenge for sure. And it's, I mean, with the whole like, I will say that I watched a lot more like you know, I'm just throwing out an example here, like Ted Bundy type documentaries before I went to sleep, before I lived with my wife. Then you know, that oh yeah, I, I would now. That's for goddamn sure. Like <laughs> you know, that's probably the biggest change there. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah, we end on, like, a sitcom after watching, like, right. you know, Casino or Goodfellas. And it's just so it's so awkward. But she has to do that just to put her in, like, a happy mood. I do, too. Yeah. I'm 100% one of those people. It really does help, honestly. I've converted. I've told you. I've watched Frasier almost every single night for a good portion of my life. Yep. It's pretty crazy. I, I, I heard a rumor that they're trying to bring Frasier back. Dude, I yeah. will... I'll... God begrudgingly watch that, but I will not like it at all. Really? Even if they yeah. bring everybody back? Dude, you, you you did the spinoff right the first time with Cheers. Don't push your luck on something like that. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest home run spinoff of all time. It's not even close, really. Nope. It's. I mean, it's really not. As far as success goes, I, I was, because we were looking at the other day, uh, the list of like the most viewed finales of all time, and of course, Mash was the Mash Seinfeld. Friend. Just sitcoms or just TV shows in general? Just TV shows in general. ER maybe. Yeah. Um, you can bet your ass Grey's Anatomy when it when it comes up in the next year or two is going to be there. 
Sopranos, maybe. Sopranos, yep. I actually been reading the Sopranos oh. session. I don't know if the Sopranos would have been as much because of it being HBO. HBO and its cable. Yeah, it might be the biggest for cable, but not for, for major networks. Let's see. I've got this. I'm pulling this list out here real quick. Uh, keep keep naming off some though. I feel like I just I feel like I just hit on all of them, man. Uh, hit most of them, honestly. So okay, so we had so this is actually the top twenty, all in the family. Okay. Uh, we had. I'm just kind of skipping through some of these. A lot of episodes of Roots, actually. <laughs> what a show! Yeah, let's leave that alone. Uh, the Cosby Show. Leave that one alone too. Yeah, good yeah, job. But, Joe. <laughs> but for its time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Classic. Yeah. Yep. Seinfeld. Oh, Dallas was up there. Wow. Cheers. What year was Dallas? That had to be like eighty. Uh, let's see. Yeah. This. Well, the, yeah. Nineteen eighty. Mm-hmm. Yep. So pretty good list. I would argue that those all had relatively solid finales as well like i like how cheers ended uh all in the family i don't really know enough about but i can i would almost bet my life savings that uh that record will be just absolutely shattered by Grey's anatomy because that's on major network i think it's on abc or something it's not it's not cable do people still stop down for Grey's anatomy oh dude that's that's like a cult following well i know that but I mean, I, I, you could have told me that and hadn't been on the air for 10 years and I would have believed you. They have 16 or 17 seasons. That's absurd. Wow. Yeah, it's like the fucking Simpsons, man. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> Back the fuck up. All Justin right. just spontaneously combusts. Yeah, I don't think so. That's, that's a claim. <laughs> <laughs> There's this... Uh, order that I found specifically, speaking of the Simpsons, that someone gave me where you go back and look... You watch basically seasons like one through six and then like an episode in like season 12 and then there's like one in season 23 and that's supposed to be like the front to back of the show. And I think that now that I'm quarantined, I'm going to maybe embark on that journey and just watch it all the way through, see what happens. Sounds about right. I'm trying to think of what I would watch all the way through that I haven't seen. I feel like a lot of people have recommended Game of Thrones. And I just never checked it out. I don't Same. know if I really want to get down into that, though. I, something I'm cool just, on that. That's not my cup of tea. Same here, you know. I don't like fantasy stuff all that much. You've seen Sopranos and The Wire all the way through? Oh, The Wire is a classic, dude. Yeah, and Sopranos, yeah. the way it ended, greatness. Yeah. Yep. Highly debatable, but I agree, and that's actually the book I'm reading debates that, but... Yeah, as far as, you know, what to start from the beginning and watch all the way through is like a classic or just a like a big-time recommendation that I never got into. Game of Thrones would be up there. Lost would be up there. But yep. I just don't know if I'm really trying to trying to buy into those bags. Did you watch uh, 24? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. I think we all did. It was just – it was great. Yep. One that you started, Brandon, and you just kind of – I know you lost traction on it just because we got busy with SLM stuff is Mad Men. Mm-hmm. You're right. I need to pick back up on that. It's just it's such a slow burn. And as much as I like slow burns and character development, it was just getting it's like too to be much. way too much. And I was like, I'm like, come on, just stop coming back to uh, what's her name's character. You know, just like yeah. you got to push through the first season. That's that's really what it comes down. Yeah, to. it starts off really slow. I, I but made I, it to the second, but it's just I don't know. It was just rough. All right. That's fair. But I'll, I'll keep going. I'll keep going. Yeah, you know, 
I, I, did you watch that, Kyle, or no? Madman? Yeah. Absolutely, every episode. Yeah. And I, I agree, it's, as a fan of somebody that likes character development, it is a little over the top. I mean, it's like, you, you're what, to Justin's point, though, you get through that first season, and it's, it really starts to start to click in like the third season. But I mean, at the end of the first season, I was like, do I really want to keep going with this thing? Like I'm not that bought in or intrigued yet, but it was just so highly recommended. I was the same way. And Ben baseball was like, keep going, trust me, keep going. And so I had someone to kind of keep pushing me through it. It helped. It, it, once it got going, I was like, all right, now we're, now we're cooking. You mean 1940s reporter guy told you to keep going? <laughs> oh, thank you. Right. <laughs> That, that guy's uh, videos that he's been posting on our Facebook page have been hilarious of all of his songs. They've been incredible. Yeah, absolutely. it was. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I still need to step up and take him on with that Oreo challenge. I think I, I think I got him on that, man. I think you do, too. I, I think that we should maybe both do it and then just yeah. dump those videos twice in a row on him. <laughs> I'm just looking at it from a body weight standpoint. I got to have like 75 pounds on Ben, so I just think that gives me – kind of a, a competitive advantage honestly i agree with you 100 percent. i think we get on this this week i'll we'll we'll chat offline and come up with a, a challenge i'll be on our facebook page i i'm down for it um i mean what else what else are we gonna do oh two two others guys maybe start from beginning to end um mind hunter which is on uh which is on amazon um really really good series and then i'm about to start from highly recommendation, Peaky Blinders. So that's two to two oh, to consider. Yeah, I I've watched that, but I I kind of fell off, and I need to pick up okay. on Peaky. But uh, Mine Hunters, I've heard, is really really good. Incredible. Yeah, yeah I need to. Uh, that's probably what I'll watch for sure. Um, what was I gonna say? So the uh, you know one show, if you really like character development, Kyle is uh, I I reviewed it on last episode, but kind of just non spoilers because uh, Mountain Carl hasn't watched it yet. But The Outsider. Of course, it's an HBO yes. show. It seems like there's a lot of HBO shows that keep coming back. <laughs> so yep. so uh, that's something my my fiance has watched through, and oh. uh, she has a really good she has a really good palette for TV shows. I'll give her that. She loves like The Wire, The Sopranos, and stuff. Um, she's she said I need to get on it. So yeah, that's two two good opinions right there. Yeah, it's really good. And Halt and Catch Fire is probably one of my hmm. I, Ooh, I, yes. I I would say like the the uh, character development, but as well as like the plot development and the fact that it covers basically a decade from the early eighties to the nice. early to mid nineties of I like that. technology. And, and a lot of it, some of it's filmed in Dallas, like it takes place in Dallas. So it's kind of like how IBM kind of started up and then you kind of see the startup of what compact once was. And yeah, it's, it's real interesting. Definitely recommend it. I'm I on started it. that show and I, I fell off of it. Not, Pretty much for the same reason you did Mad Men, just didn't have time. I have yeah. to get back on that this week. Yeah. Have you guys kept up with Better Call Saul? Mm-hmm. Nope. I'm watching the new uh, season, and man, that show, as much as I I really love Breaking Bad, it's probably one of the best TV shows I've seen. I definitely put it in probably my top five. Uh, I think so. Yeah, and then, you know, El Camino was pretty good, like supplemental, you know, type of movie that happens after the events you know but um with better call saul it's just it, it's really interesting because it shows where you know saul mcgill is currently present day in black and white and then how he's still running from the events that happen in breaking bad and then uh we are uh 
were basically, you know, then seeing what, how the transformation that got him to who he is. And now it's like everything's starting to catch up to the events that started the beginning of Breaking Bad. And it's, man, like it's Vince Gilligan's a genius. It's, and it's, it's like you don't know exactly where you are, how far you are from when he meets Walter in Breaking Bad, but you kind of have this sense that you're getting there. And like this season has been fantastic in the way that it's, kind of all unfolded and starting to tie everything together. And like, there's this, uh, did you say you haven't watched it, Kyle, or you are just not up to date on it? I've seen Breaking Bad, but I've not seen Better Call Saul. There's just, there's a character in it that you like, obviously isn't a part in Breaking Bad. So it's like, okay, so what happens here? Right. And just the tiebacks, they're starting to really incorporate like other characters that you've seen before and stuff. And like, um, you know, there's a lot going on there. I've really, really enjoyed it. D- Brandon, does it have one more season? Is that what it's got? Yeah, I, I think it's got either one or two more seasons. But, uh, you know, the cast has is, is gone. Like Bob Odenkirk, who plays uh, Jimmy McGill, a.k.a. Saul, uh, Saul Goodman, is that uh, he, he's basically stated in recent interviews that they're definitely getting closer to winding up the story so yeah i'm not sure exactly if it's one or two more seasons interesting because it could only go so much further you would think yeah because all the characters are you know that's the cool thing is you're you're watching it and it's, it, all of a sudden it's like you know there's so many people of course that die in towards the end of of uh breaking bad and you start seeing them like come into play you know because it's years before the event and it's right. like oh yeah that's cool it's like awesome like I, i'm so glad i'm seeing this guy again and this guy and i want to see you know his origins you know yeah. yeah and that's where a tv show gives you a lot more flexibility and and freedom versus a movie when you're trying to do a prequel setting Kyle, what I recommend doing if you're going to watch Better Call Saul is to maybe do a rewatch of Breaking Bad all the way through. Or maybe just the last season or something. Yeah, just I mean, I, 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 dude, I have watched that show all the way through twice. Okay, so, so maybe pretty, like the last season. Yeah. You, like, it's shocking how many people just show up and you're like, holy. Holy shit. Like, I know how this ends. <laughs> yeah, like. That's uh, cool. Like, just a small little one is like, you know that guy Yule that works in Saul's office? He's like the big black guy. yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like he shows up and like, you know, a pretty major part of the plot line. I, it's, I won't away, but it's brilliant. It's Wait. like three. So it's going to be two to three seasons to, or three seasons total. I think we're in the fifth one right now. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. I think we're up to number five. Damn. OK, I got okay. I got some catching up to do. It's also good, though, because it stands on its own as well, it does. which is nice. Yeah. OK. So, couldn't recommend it enough. Brandon, I'll talk to you more about this offline because I don't want to spoil it for Kyle or anybody else. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I do want to ask you, Justin, about if you're comfortable with it, your world being turned upside down. Dude, it's been a weird, like, three months for me. (laughs) It really has. Weird or shitty? Both. (laughs) They coincide together pretty well. Right. So, like, in a month's time, I've lost my quarterback of my football team and my favorite pitcher for the Red Sox and my favorite position player or outfielder and Mookie Betts, David Price. And like I said, Tom Brady, my world is, I don't know. I don't even know, dude, this is just the price you pay for success for as long as we've had it. That's, that's the worst part about all of this is every, you know, every new England guys will, you know, at least we have, you know, 12 championships over the last 20 years. And I'm like, F you guys, man. 
So, I mean, like, you know, it, it's been really, really strange. And, like, you know, I think in general, like, I'm going to be a dad here pretty soon, which we haven't really talked a whole lot about, but I am. And it's exciting. It is, but it's kind of a weird time with bringing back the corona thing for a minute because that's all we live in right now. Like, that's a really big, you know, a really big, strange thing to kind of have to deal with. So we'll see. It's it's a weird, weird set of circumstances, that's for sure. And on top of that, my entire, you know, my entire sports, not only have sports completely flipped over on me, they've been completely canceled altogether. Like, I have a baseball show and a basketball show, and we have no idea what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're, going ba- we're going backwards, man. That's all, that's all you can do. That's, that's very true. We're going to have to do more of these roundtables with, with Brandon and Carl and stuff like that because we're, we're, it seems like we're going to have some time to fill. Well, I mean, they got some pretty good documentaries coming out, too. I heard that, uh, what, the MJ documentary, Michael Jordan, I should specify, because uh, there are, I guess, two MJs. <laughs> Uh, that the Michael Jordan documentary is going to be going full steam ahead, right? Yeah, it'll be out this summer, it looks like. June, right? Yeah. June. Cannot yeah, wait it's going to be that. a 10-part documentary series. Yeah. And it sounds like it's going to be pretty raw and real, and I don't want to say exposed, but may open some people's eyes to the type of person Michael was and how he got to be that level of a competitor and is, by all accounts, a sociopath. Oh my God, yeah. is he? He is unbelievable. <laughs> like I sent Kyle. He's just a, breaking grown men down. Right. Like I sent Kyle a little clip of like part of the doc the other day. And it, I mean, it's it, wild. Man. It's wild, dude. Like you would not believe if LeBron was out there treating people the way that MJ treated players and stuff. I mean, he just mentally broke people down. And if they did, then he's like, well, you're not good enough to play for me with me anyway. And it's just, it's an unbelievable thing. And that's just a small part of it. Um, I'm I'm fascinated to know how they're gonna how this is gonna go. I well, can't wait to see it. Probably be better than Space Jam too. True, true. Let's talk about that. What are you guys? I think it'll be more. I think it'll be more entertaining than Space Jam Two. Space Jam Two revenue potential is absurd. Oh sure. Oh. I mean, we're gonna see it at first thing. Like, Do you think it hits a billion in revenue? There's a good chance. I think so. I think yeah. it's possible. I mean, there was a rumor, and and Mountain Carl talked about it with me. Uh, I think an episode or two ago that uh, the mask, Jim carries the mask, and he'll reprise the role. He's going to be uh, one of the referees in Space Jam really? Two. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? Wow, I like that. Interesting. Uh, yeah. No, I'm good with it as long. I mean, obviously, since he's involved, I'm fine. Exactly. If it was not Jim Carrey doing it, it would be, that would be the worst thing ever. Bill Murray. Mm. He was in Space Jam One. Yeah, yeah. Can work that in. Feels like they might get some Woody, Woody mixed in there. Yeah. Almost certain, that, There's just no like. There's been no word of what this is actually going to be about. Right. Yeah. All I know is the dude. That'd be awesome though if they got Woody in uh, mm. if, from the White Men Can't Jump. If they got that that character in there, <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> uh, we know Clay's going to be in there. We know Damian Lillard's going to be in there. And we know Anthony Davis. That's the only confirmed NBA players at this time. But was it Giannis involved too, or no? No. No. Okay. No. But can does it have a potential? Like, what percentage chance would you give it to be the highest-grossing movie of all time? Would you say zero? Probably not zero. Not Aven- zero. Avengers is number one, by the way, at two seven. Not call it two eight, basically. Yeah. Avengers Endgame. That'd be tough. That'd be really tough. But the 
the demographic that appeals to is everybody, and that's big. Kid, I mean, we saw Space Jam as kids, and it's still a great movie that holds up very nicely. It's really, it's hasn't really changed in my mind a whole lot from what I saw whenever I was little versus when I watched it as an adult, which is huge. But I don't know how much of a draw that is anymore. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that changed is when you were a kid, you thought Michael wanted to play baseball, and then as an adult, you realize he had a gambling addiction. David Stern asked him to leave the league, but I'll digress on that. I, I do think LeBron's character is a little cleaner, certainly. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> not the story you're going to get from the MJ documentary this summer, by the way, but we will nope. definitely talk about it on, on the break. <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see how they spend that. The original Space Jam, for what it's worth, did $230 million. And, you know, that's what, 90, yeah, 96. So definitely has potential to go for a billion. Yeah. Have you guys talked about uh, Mark Cuban and, and what he's doing for his employees, his hourly uh, employees? Oh, yeah. We hit yeah. that on, on the break. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's important. I think he's just handled it really well. But you would expect that out of Cuban, out of all the owners in the NBA to really – I think him and um, – going to blame – I think Balmer – um, on the Clippers is also going to do similar type things. Both those guys have a great business mind and I think are genuinely pretty good people for being, you know, billionaire owners. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you're just not hearing a lot about the ones that aren't doing anything. And That's we, true. Kind of, we kind of talked about this too, like the, o- the owner. So I've, I've been doing research for a book basically, and I've learned a lot about different, ownerships and things like that. And there are a lot of owners out there that are real true pieces of shit, but try to look for situations like this to make themselves look better. And like the owner of the Cavaliers is one of those people. Dan Gilbert, God almighty. Fucking worst. But he was the first to raise his hand and say, oh yeah, we're going to pay the employees. It's like, we'll throw some money at the problem, dude. Like it's helpful. Don't get me wrong. But like, don't people see through that shit. Come on. But it's it's good that people like Cuban are standing up and saying this is the right thing to do. Like we're the billionaire owners here. Like sometimes you have a bad year. <laughs> yep, and he handled it right from the get go. Like we saw him react to the news in the game. We saw the press conference right after the game, and it was just—I mean—he handled it like an absolute pro. Uh, but I don't really expect anything less from him. That's his as successful as he's been. That's like really the the most impressive thing he's done is make that Mavs organization truly a successful one because before he took over it was dog shit brandon are you um like where are you at with like do you think like the nhl sees like i know you're more of a hockey guy than yeah than yeah. uh like basketball but it's kind of this they're really in the same boat like mm-hmm. and, and they kind of have runaway favorites in the you know as far as like who they think will win like the bruins are like on a historic run oh yeah yeah you know um like, do you think they're going to finish out the season? Like, where's your head? I mean, obviously, a lot just depends right now, but where's your head at on the, all that? Yeah, a lot depends, but I feel like, you know, I, I I would think that maybe within the next two to three months, they'll bring the season back, and it's just going to be – I know a lot of hockey players have, have gone on, you know, sports radio shows recently and, and basically have just said, I mean, as of like a week ago, yeah, we're just kind of – you know, treating this like kind of like an all-star break or something like that, or like a, a bye week or something. But I mean, it's going to be a very extended period of time. So it's going to be interesting, you know, now that training facilities are closed and all that stuff, like what are these guys doing? And the fact that, 
maybe they're not all meeting up either. So they're just having to like ride a bike at home and, you know, I, so it's going to be real interesting to see how teams are coming out of the break. I think that's going to be fascinating, but for the stars, it couldn't come at a better time because they were starting to slump towards the end. Yeah. Yeah, They're still in the mix though, right? Yeah. They're still in the mix for sure. I think they're like ranked three or four in the West. Okay. But like, that's the thing about the NBA season that we talked about a lot is like, I mean, like, kind of to your very point, like, you've got a lot of guys that are out of shape. Like, that's dangerous in a lot of ways. And it's like, what at what point does it make sense to just cut bait with it? You know what I mean? And say this one's a loss. That stinks just given the circumstances of, you know, losing a year for no real reason, a year of everything. But, I mean, that's this is obviously bigger than that. But I think the NBA specifically is going to use this as not an excuse, but – as a good chance to move the season. And I think the NBA is going to start around Christmas time next year. And we're going to go all the way to August with it. Hmm. It just, makes that's the way to do sense. it. Yeah. You get out of football because November and December, they get in, in October because they start in October. They get no ratings because of football. It just makes sense from a scheduling point. Um, but to your, your original question, Justin, I think, I think the NBA is at much more risk of being, the whole season being shut down versus the NHL for a couple of reasons. One, we've seen a lot more positive tests in the NBA. I mean, I think we're up to like 25. Yeah. It was 13 going into today, which is so there was like several, several confirmations today. Um, I'm not keeping up with NHL news quite as much, but I don't think there's hardly any, if any at all. Um, And then just the nature of it where there's, you know, glass separating you from the fans you have gloves on versus, you know, just touching. I, there's just seems like a lot more risk in, in the NBA. And uh, I don't know, man. It'll be interesting. I, I think there's – I would say it's a coin flip of them suspending the whole season. I think it's a 50-50 shot. Yeah, I don't think that they're playing out the rest of the season. I don't even think there's that. I think really probably done. Yeah. I think most people are more optimistic than that for all sports. Well, sure. I don't know about the Olympics, though. I, I feel like they're probably going to yeah. have to cancel that. Yeah, that that's just too big of an event with too much international travel and everything. Mm-hmm. Do you just push it back a year? I guess. I guess so, because the Olympics is yeah. what every four years, every right. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and just think about the logistics and the, the preparation, the facilities, and like getting all that ready is like probably like t- ten to maybe twenty times more the, of cost versus like what it is for like a you know, uh, like American Airlines Center does yeah. like in a, you know, and in a year, 20 times amount of staffing. Yeah, that too. And and then you got security and all the other stuff to worry about. So yeah, I, I could foresee them like pushing it back a year. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out too. And I mean, we've been talking about on the baseball show, like the baseball season is, hasn't even started yet. So like, what's going to happen there? Are we going to have some sort of like hyperdrive season? Or are we going to have a season at all? Like, the Rangers just built a brand new ballpark and it's going to sit there empty for the first it, year. There's no way be, they want to do that. Yeah, that's true. It would be nice to see baseball at like an 82 game season, though. I would be a little Bro, more, a little more dude, bought in. I would watch every single game if they were playing <laughs> 60 games a season. Holy shit, that would be incredible because that means you'd only get through the rotation, your pitching rotation, but like times. But baseball's such a such a stats oriented game that just screws stats up for, cause hasn't it been in 162 games for like always <laughs> like that's insane. Like every other league has changed in, in the, like twice in my lifetime. Uh, they've added games with the playoffs. Wild that's card. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like that's crazy. And 
Uh, so, I mean, I would love to see like a 60-game season where just, I mean, it throws every stat, everything out the window entirely. It's just mass chaos. And kind of back to the point we were talking about earlier with all of my teams just deciding to throw in the towel in different ways, I'm rooting for the max amount of chaos possible that I could possibly see. And a 60-game season would definitely do it. It's true. Yeah. I think it'd be entertaining, too, because by the time you get to postseason, like, I wouldn't think there'd be as many people on IR. Uh, so there's just, you know, you'd have, like, sort of the best of the best going into the playoffs. Right. Yeah. That's, like the perfect, that's like the perfect amount to really get in the groove of the season but not be banged up going into the uh, going into the postseason. One thing I do want to talk about too, uh, J-Mac, I know we wanted to bring this up since uh, Brandon is unaware. Um, hopefully we don't do this this evening, but so we were recording on the break the other day, um, wrapped up a fantastic show. Uh, Josh hopped in the vanilla gorilla, like 40 minutes in uh, We We stopped recording or so we thought um, continue to have a conversation on zoom that, was able to make it onto the podcast. Uh, luckily, all all in good good spirits. But there was at least two to three minutes of us just talking on Zoom on the podcast, assuming we were we had already cut after the music was out. Yeah. Brandon, it was a production nightmare. It was like, incredible. It, so we streamed it right, and somehow, so the stream got up just fine. Yep. And everything recorded just fine. I, so there must have been some sort of problem with the export because, like, the last like thirty minutes got cut off. So I went and I just ripped all the audio from the video, you know, that we had, you know, from the live broadcast and edited it all down and everything. Cool. And, you know, just reposted it. Well, I don't know what happened because apparently there was like three minutes where, so a little bit of context of what like we were talking about, the way numbers? this all, oh, sorry, what were you saying, Brandon? <laughs> what were y'all doing? Giving your social security numbers to each other? No. <laughs> <laughs> Reading our bank account numbers yeah. to each other. <laughs> this is my address if you want to come murder me yeah. in my sleep. <laughs> No, like, so we were, uh, so the whole thing kind of got triggered off by that Utah jazz player, Rudy Gobert. Ah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the whole story about, I'm sure you saw the videos out there of him, like, not taking it seriously and rubbing his hands all over the mics and stuff. Well, apparently, the second guy on the jazz that got diagnosed with this whole, you know, COVID-19 thing, he got it because that first player went and gave him a wet willy. While this is all going on, he knew the coronavirus was was impacting the league, and he wet willied the guy in the locker room. Wow! And Josh, after we after we the music, I mean, the second the music cuts off, Josh starts cracking up, and he's like, "Dude, I almost lost it with that wet whole wet willy thing." And we just had this wet willy conversation, <laughs> you know, post episode that we think is just you know just the three of us, not <laughs> not. Bonus. I content. didn't even know it was a thing, and then you guys brought it to my attention. I woke up to that text, and I was like, "Oh fuck, what are we talking about on here?" I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, I, I know that whenever the red light is on, I know what I can, can and can't talk about on the air. Right. I can't control that when the red light goes off or whatever I think it goes off. <laughs> That's true. It's fair. That's incredible, though. That was a wet willy. That's just he'll never live that down. That's never. That's crazy. I of all the the ways to like you know, be infected by a virus, a wet willy. I wouldn't have guessed that at all. Next time so, I see Mountain Carl, I'm just going to give him a wet willy just because <laughs> seems like he needs one. Yeah, I'm sure Sam used to do that to him all the time. <laughs> we asked the question, though, Brandon, on the show, on the show, would you be able to play with that guy again? Like, are you cool with him? Are you going to be his teammate? Is everything all good? I think there's some animosity there. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some time he's going to – they, they got to, like, cool off. 
for sure. I think so. Yeah. The wet willy makes it far worse. Just you giving me a wet willy as a grown man when I'm the best player on the team also as like a 22-year-old is so disrespectful in the first place. Mm-hmm. Throw the scrap the COVID-19. You give me a wet willy. I'm we already have we already have an issue. <laughs> <laughs> Man. It's so true. I'd be so pissed off if you just give me a wet willy in general. Fuck all the the virus stuff. Like that's unbelievable. It really is. It's an unbelievable story. Yep. Who and, knows a wet willy could possibly take down SLM. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> that, wouldn't that be the hell of a way that it all ends? <laughs> I think there's almost no doubt that the the delivering party would be Josh. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> because Brandon, he's terrified. He's <laughs> Terrifying. Or excuse yeah. me, the receiving part, not the delivery receiving. part. The receiving part. My bad. Is he living or like uh, like Howie Mandel, where he's got like his own like <laughs> plastic wrapped treehouse, and he's like living away from everybody? That's just, that's about where Josh is at right now. Okay. He just takes baths in Purell only. Yeah, he's, you know, he's sporting his bidet, and he's just, you know, <laughs> he's paranoid as hell. And I get it. He's not wrong to be. I, I've, I'm on record of saying that. But God Almighty, like. He, He's making me stressed out. I don't stress <laughs> out about anything. Man, so, it was uh, awesome talking to both of you guys tonight. Thank you so much for coming on. All our listeners out there, thank you all for listening to us and continuing support. Uh, you can catch us on Instagram at Sensibly Loud and Facebook at Sensibly Loud Media. But be sure to stay tuned for next episode of Sensibly Loud Radio.